But like, I want to leave a, I want to leave a legacy of like, you, you made a difference in somebody else's life. And that's what pushes me. episode seven of the my fit podcast i'm your co-host dj hillier alongside professor g what's going down and mr tony behind the mic helping us out with all the media stuff and today we have an awesome guest addison bain is here addison welcome to the show uh greetings gentlemen welcome dude uh addison came down from farmhouse crossfit up in edina to hang out with us for today and he is the uh 2018 fittest man in minnesota according to the <laughs> the crossfit open standard so a little notch bomb early on Uh, So today we're going to pick his brain on coaching, uh, what it means to be a good coach, and also kind of where he's at in his athletic career and where he sees it going. So Addison, for those of the people that don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and kind of what got you into into coaching. Yeah, guys, uh, I'm Addison. from grew up in southern Minnesota, southern Iowa, Uh, bounced between the two. Um, Spent some time in Colorado uh, for college, transferred over to Lindenwood University in St. Louis, and then uh, I went over to Europe on bicycles, racing for a de- uh, development team over there. Came back, 2010, got hit by a car, uh, broke my leg in November, actually. Um, yeah, in a couple of days, eight years ago. Damn. And uh, was on crutches for till February with a broken leg. It wasn't um, a terrible break, but it was enough to, to wake me up and think, uh, what's next? I had the option that I could have, um, you know, pushed it hard again to ride, go back to Europe, and uh, that was kind of probably the door that I was looking for to um, move into the next chapter of life. I knew that I wasn't going to make it. Um, deep down, I knew that I wasn't going to make it big tour pro or even continental pro, and it was time to uh, pursue something else. And that's when I was, prior to that, um, I was coaching athletes anyways and uh, working with them. And uh, it just kind of led to me becoming a full-time coach. And uh, since 2010, later 2010, I've been coaching athletes um, in the CrossFit world, in the fitness industry, um, and everything in between teams, soccer, soccer, football, all those sort of athletes as you well. You name it. And uh, yeah, it's kind of just evolved. And then um, for four years, bounced around. Um, had some manager positions, coaches positions, kind of like we all did when we first got in. And um, then I had the opportunity in July of 2014 to start my own gym. And I uh, started Farmhouse Performance Lab, also the home of Farmhouse CrossFit. And uh, I knew that in 2014, the best thing that you could do would be grow a CrossFit gym. And uh, I would not be able to succeed unless I had some sort of income. And the, the model of CrossFit is what we know it as, is you pay the affiliation fee and you run your show how you want to run it. And it's cool. And I lived in the warehouse for six months mm-hmm. on an air mattress. I had nothing. I had a Mazda 3. And uh, later in August of that year, I bought a dog. And um, yeah, just kept coaching. I literally showered under a garden hose. And uh, would go pay at the local community center to um, 
to shower there once in a while if I wanted a hot shower, but that was in the men's locker room, so I, I just opted out for the. For <laughs> Man, the, that's uh, crazy! I didn't know all that. I, stuff. Didn't, I didn't know that either. Um, let's rewind a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the biking out in Europe, and I think you know that's a popular sport out there. Maybe not as much here. So tell us a little bit about like what's that like, and um, what sort of a training regimen were you like? Were you in out there? Man, I was. Uh, I was. I was not even twenty-one years old, so um, pretty much uncoached my whole life. I've had some really great coaches. But um, as you know, that that does come with a cost. And uh, when you're 16 to 21, you have no money. So a lot of it was I would hire a coach for a little bit and then have not be able to afford it and kind of make your own training up, ride with the guys that did have the coaches and kind of just hug onto their wheel. What was the training like? Oh, it, was, it was the life, man. It was pretty much ride as much as you can, race as often as you can, eat a bunch of baguettes, Drink a bunch of Belgian beers oh, and uh, live the life of a 20 year old in Europe. That's awesome. And um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So. Is there any, um, I mean, I'm just not familiar with the sport very much. Is there, is there money in that sport? Is there chances to win like there is in CrossFit when you win competitions? Or is there a way to make that your income? Yeah, to uh, put it on the scale of Minnesota, um, it's what hockey is. Okay. Like everybody, everybody wants to be Wayne Gretzky. The reality of seeing Wayne Gretzky is I'm one in 7.5 billion, right? If right. we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what the the industry is or the cycling is like, and it's a dogfight, man. It's so much past just like Minnesota being the greatest in hockey or whatever it may be, Texas and football. Um, but now it's an international sport. You have people coming from the the Eastern Bloc of Europe that don't have a home life to go to, so it's either sink or swim. Yeah, they're hungry. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So um, it's it's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Cool. Well, um, I've had the opportunity to train at your gym the last couple of years and hang out with you. And your gym really has kind of a unique vibe to it. It's a little bit different than kind of your classic CrossFit gym. And I, and I like it. I love kind of what you're doing there. Talk to us a little bit about kind of the services you guys offer, how maybe you're a little bit different than the classic <clears throat> CrossFit gym. And tell us a little bit about Farmhouse. Yeah, man. So uh, I take a lot of pride in Farmhouse. And um, because that's been my, I guess that's, that was my project in life, right? Like that's what I'm doing now. And that's where it's heading next. And, uh, Farmhouse is pretty cool, but what's even more cool is coaching to the style that you believe in, and whether that that style is CrossFit or functional movement, and that's where I believe that as a as Farmhouse has grown over the last four years, but more so the past summer, when I really made took the step to say we're not CrossFit. Um, I I love CrossFit. It's brought a lot of things to me in life um from coaching to competing to doing fun things on the weekends um but it also uh has a limit and uh again as i spoke earlier about crossfit growing the way it can grow is awesome but farmhouse offers functional movement training and that's what we've named it and um that's going to be a hybrid of everything that i've learned over eight years and continue to learn um, it's not going to limit you to CrossFit. It's not going to limit you to yoga or not going to limit you to training for a 5K or an ultra. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and truly believe that I'd stand confidently in front of anybody and say, I believe that this is the program that if you're looking for general physical preparation is going to lead you to instead of CrossFit or ultra running or cycling, mountain biking, whatever you're, you know, archery, mm-hmm. big mountain hunting, whatever it may be. We also offer um, kettlebells to the RKC or SFG standard. 
Nice. That's what I practiced since 2010. I had a buddy, Corey Felderman, um, introduced me to that right when I got back from Europe. And I love those. If there's anything, like if anybody comes to me and says, what, what can I buy for a home? I say, go buy a kettlebell and I'll advise them to their weight. And they're like, well, that seems heavy. And once you get moving those things, man, those, if you, oh, like, yeah. DJ, if you want to be a better competitor, man, mm-hmm. do kettlebells for a month. Get away from a barbell. Right on. And that, that, those things will change your life. Man, that's a bomb right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. We got two of them already. We're doing good. And, um, oh, kettlebells, we have CrossFit. I love CrossFit, man. Um, but the reason that I took the big step and shifted to where we are today is that CrossFit in 2010 is not what it is today. In 2010, it was, it was grunge. Like it was so cool. It was one workout a day and you put it all in there. That might've been a max back squat. It might've been run a half marathon. It might've been Fran or it might've been filthy 50. It just depending on what what was happening. And sometimes those training sessions lasted three minutes if you did grace. And sometimes those training sessions would last an hour and a half, two hours if you're running half marathon. And um, that's where that program is back to the roots, what it's supposed to be or what I imagine it's supposed to be because it's become such a strength and conditioning thing now. Um, speaking of which, we also offer that strength and conditioning. We have a great coach, Caleb, who loves to, um, as you know, yeah. loves to lift weights. Right. And uh, I, he, he takes a lot of pride in that programming, and he does a great job with it. That's awesome. So you have all these different classes here. And what, what have you found is most popular? What are people liking? And, and kind of what's, what's the daily schedule like? Does somebody have an opportunity every day to go to a different class? Or what's kind of the um, logistical setup there? Yeah, man. Um, so logistical, we track sign people in i'm sure you guys do here at my five as well and we just see the ebbs and flows of where people sign in so i as a general physical programmer needed to adapt my schedule to that 6 a.m if you look at our schedule at farmhousecrossfit.com um you'll see that 6 a.m on mondays is kettlebells tuesdays is functional movement wednesdays is crossfit so we cycle that through the week and it offers a place where if you're a regular 9 30 attender you're going to get what I believe is because I still do believe whether you're a professional athlete or a um, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa or whatever your life is, college kid, you still do need to do CrossFit to CrossFit standard or functional training or kettlebells, whatever it may be. You, you do need to hit all those realms with the proper programming. So the days look like that. We offer one to six, five to six classes a day, three on the weekends, days, seven days a week. Awesome. Cool. Um, so I have a question here. So you're, you're really well known for taking your fitness outdoors and you like to be outside. What, um, you know, why, why do you do that? Why does that excite you? And, and what are the kind of the things that you do to stay out of the gym? Oh, Chris, I think you can probably relate to this. Man, one, man. I'm with you on this Absolutely. one. I should let Chris into this. He's, he's the guy that I see, I creep on his Instagram all the time. He's like in Alaska and all those cool things. <laughs> well, and, I, uh, go ahead. Hey man, I, I'm with you so far. I yeah. just want to hear your point. Yeah. So, um, to be blunt about it is that it's real. The gym ain't real. Like, yeah, it's, we're really moving here, but we're we're creatures of planet Earth, and um, that's what we're meant to be. I'm going to get some shit on that. <laughs> and, um, and I think, like, for the people that I look up to, whether they're professional snowboarders, um, hunters, professional athletes, I tend to to follow the people that are outside because that's what I grew up in. My grandfather put me on a bike. Literally the first day that I <laughs> took my training wheels off, he took me on a 15-mile bike ride. Oh, wow. And uh, it was on like a 16-inch wheel bike. And um, it was pretty crazy. So ever since then, you know, Grandpa's kind of got us outdoors. 
racing motocross and Good old gramps stuff. yeah right he knows exactly. man yeah and, grandma uh, knows too <laughs> yeah and um so the outside is real and uh there's nothing that will adapt you better than being actually outside in mother nature and being able to respect what we've been given absolutely so what are some of the things that you do outside you said you do some mountain biking what are some things that you kind of do or what are some things that other people can do that maybe they don't know what to do i want to get outside but i'm not really sure what to do oh just go man they're, they're like go join a running club there's no running well there might be a few but there's not too many running clubs that are on a treadmill mm-hmm. and um go go join a trail running club there's no better run on planet earth than going running in the woods mm-hmm. and if you can ride a mountain bike you'll go three times as far and it's three times as cool. If you can go ski, learn how to ski. Cross-country skiing, downhill ski, snowboard, whatever whatever you do, do it hard. And um, then, and honestly, put a pack put a pack on and go walking up and down Buck Hill, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you want to build that engine. Hey, it's uh, know, half about. a mile away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you got a half mile run there, and then you can hike it a few times Absolutely. and walk back, right? There you go. Come so, back and grab your kettlebell, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a call out to me. <laughs> DJ, grab your freaking Dude. kettlebell. <laughs> Well, Addison and I wanted to talk to you about that. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why we're here. It's an, um, it's an adventure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but um, no, but um, we've been seeing it in the games now. Like, we're seeing a shift in the games. And I know we're talking about that a little bit later, and we'll get into that further. But yeah. uh, there's a shift happening, man. And if you're not going to fall in it, you're going to fall out of it. And you need to back outside open the garage doors when it's 20 degrees outside you'll be all right <laughs> that's awesome i do want to talk a little bit about the shift in, in crossfit and kind of where you see that going you've been in the industry for a long time now and you've been the gym owner you've been the athlete yourself and where do you kind of see crossfit going in the future there's a lot of changes going on but as an athlete or as a gym owner where, where are things kind of going oh, um i don't know um it's pretty cool i um man i loved i still do love it i was fortunate enough to compete in CrossFit until this last year, and maybe this year we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, it it's cool to see it go back to what it was and uh, for people to understand that because I think it became an illness. People were chasing the gram way too hard. Of like, Tell us about uh, that a little bit more. What do you mean by that? I mean, dude, everybody was so concerned about, like, hitting the next snatch or being, you know, having the next shoes, whatever it may be, and... And that's what I meant by when I said the gym's not real. And it might be real. Like, you do have real feelings in here, but you also, outside is real. None of that stuff matters. When you're in Alaska, man, it, it, I mean, yeah, you need good gear, right? But when you're in Alaska. The gear does help. It but. does help. Don't get me wrong, because I'm four days out from running a 50K. But Damn. I, um, it, <laughs> Mother Nature doesn't matter if you have a $1,000 snowboard or $300 snowboard. Yeah, the mountain always wins. 100%. And that's what's cool about that shift is that I think we're getting back to functional movement. And people are starting to realize that it's not about beating Rich Roning to be happy. Yeah, I think at the end of the day... Uh, I'd be happy to beat Rich Roning. Of course. Let me me call him out, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's definitely listening. So, uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I I think people are starting to get into a little bit more of a healthy, like, thought process of... You know, um, if I don't get a PR today, it's not the end of the world. And, um, you know, they're not chasing after some of those things that, uh, you know, I mean, getting a PR is cool. And I think we see it a lot in classes. But at the end of the day, you know, if you walked out and and you feel better, I think that's a bigger win. What do you think, Chris? Uh, Well, I think it's like sometimes uh, they'll they'll talk the talk like, okay, it's about community. It's you against you. But really, are your actions really exhibiting that? 
in the outside world. Right. And I think it's always been like community, 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 and then uh, you against you, but then really the workouts aren't even designed like that at all. Right. It's no. still a competition. It's still all these things. But you need that. Don't get me wrong. You yep. need that. Like I'm still competitive whether yep. I'm competing or not competing. And but that's what most- attracts a lot of people to CrossFit, to be honest with you. I mean, Agreed. like you get a bunch of room room full of people that are like, okay, I'm going to do my best and I want him to do his best too because mm-hmm. it's going to push me. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why we see a lot of like ex-addicts, right, in the sport because absolutely. it is, is so addicting. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, so we'll keep going with the CrossFit thing here. So this year you've mentioned a couple times you had the opportunity to compete at regionals and you were the fittest man in Minnesota through the Open. So what was it like? I know you, you got that, but that's a, that's a cool thing, man. It's awesome. Um, that's a freaking bond. That's Minnesota's got fit people. That's right. For sure. Um, so what was it like to, you, you, you were at regionals in, uh, in Nashville. Tell us what it was like to compete on a, on a big stage like that. And also the last regionals now that we have come out with the news. Is this when we we start editing things? Because we can talk about Nashville. We're not editing anything. We're straight up, man. We can't go there. We're podcast for real. So we'll talk about regionals at Nashville. All right, cool. Um, Anyways, uh, regionals (laughs) was cool, man. Like, what an honor to compete in the last regionals after being in it for eight years. Been on some teams. Teams are cool. Um, The teams are cool. Super cool way more relaxed and uh dj you were definitely on my team this year and um it was it was pretty crazy and and as you know dj you were there the whole journey you're you're the one that actually got me back into it because i that's a good story too i um yeah we'll run that down real quick (laughs) august of 2017 was it Yep. 2017 i was done competing i was like good luck dj you ain't Mm -hmm. getting me back in this September he shows up. He's like, I got a team. And I was like, all right, whatever. Let's do this. That's right. And uh, I was resilient for a long time. Just but bugging he kept, him. Yeah, bugging him. Bugging kept him. showing up. And uh, this time last year, we were travel- I was traveling down to My5. And um, you were traveling up to Farmhouse. And uh, by the way, still show up here and you're not on time for training. We moved training. Oh, oh yeah. One o'clock must today. Have missed that note. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, so we had all that. And um, the team fell apart. And uh, man, what a, yeah, it was pretty affecting to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And um, But I was fortunate enough to train pretty minimal all the way through. And I think that's the key, man. Like, less is more. But I was also doing a ton of stuff, rock climbing, um, snowboarding, mountain biking, all that sort of stuff through that whole time. I think that played a big role. So what was the coolest thing about regionals this year? It wasn't getting uh, 35th or whatever like that. Like, that was super cool. But is that I got my life back? Like I went from training five to seven hours a day to literally training an hour and a half and making it further than you ever have as an individual. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah. What so, gave there? Um, my life, man. It was so cool. It's like, and and I push that so hard on people now. Is that like sometimes you just need to work out for three minutes? Like it doesn't matter what you do, just do it hard, and uh, do it right. All these programs sometimes lead you to like five to 25 hours of training a week which is crazy you know some like how many hours do we spend in the gym we live work eat and breathe in here like mm-hmm. again it goes back to the gym's not real like mm-hmm. go outside i was rock climbing five days a week at times mountain biking snowboarding regularly and then go work out and i knew that if i worked out really hard for an hour that is more effective more <clears throat> sorry more effective than if i um was in there for five hours half assing things absolutely well, mentally too. I mean, yeah, you're dude. drained, man. It was fun. It was so much fun. 
And then I got to the yeah, and uh, I was working or I was working with Spiel at the time, Chris Spieler, and uh, I reached out to him. I was like, "Hey, man, I need five hours of training and all this sort of stuff." And he replied and was like, "Just follow the program." I was like, "All right, cool." And I was super apprehensive about it. And then region or um, the open came around, and it was well, you know the situation. And uh, I was just like, "Whatever, I'm gonna do it. I'm the <clears throat> leader of this community. I need to lead from the front." And I did it. And uh, week two, I was in ninth place, and I was like, "Oh, this just got real." And uh, week three was that the what was week three? Mm-hmm. Was there was that the deadlift and the handstand one? Yeah, yeah, deadlift handstand yeah. is what got me because I'm not good at three fifteen deadlifts. Right. Two twenty five, I'm cool with mm-hmm. still to this day. Um, but I just have never been a big deadlifter. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> that's what got me, dropped me to 15th. And then um, I brought myself back up around like 12th. And then the last week, I had to do it at Thursday night at 7 p.m. because I was flying out to Malibu. That's right. So I did it, and I knew that I had a little bit of buffer. I, I just knew that I'd be, I had, my guts were telling me that it'd be okay. So I got through it, and I think I qualified 16th. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. what it was. That was pretty awesome, man. You've done a lot of opens now. Yeah, I mean, all of them. All uh, of them. Uh, 2014, I did not. Uh, 2000, yeah, 14, I did not do the open. That was the year you opened, right? You opened your gym? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it so, took some time off of competing. So that many opens, man, what can you tell some people that, you know, maybe want some advice on the open? Man, how can I get good at the open? And, you know, you've kind of mastered it, and you're you're damn good at, at the open. So what, mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give to some of those people that are maybe younger in the sport? Yeah, man, that's when we talk about, like, you, you've said it many times, and I appreciate it, and I, and I take a lot of pride in it. But um, when you say I'm the fittest man in Minnesota, like, yeah, that's to the CrossFit standard. Well, I mean, I would confidently say I'm pretty fit. But oh, like, yeah. I, I believe that if you're going to test fitness, like, we need to test ultra running. We need to test mountain biking at a high skill. We need to learn to shoot a bow. You know, we need to, like, we need to be humans. And that's why we put, I personally put that asterisk by the fittest man in Minnesota in 2018 because if you want to be good at CrossFit, you have to do CrossFit. If you want to be good at basketball, you have to play basketball. If you want to be a good runner, you still have to run. Absolutely. Now, if you want to be a stronger basketball player, you add in strength and conditioning. If you want to be a stronger runner, you start lifting weights, mm-hmm. right? And that's a whole other black hole that we can talk about tomorrow or something. But um, that's where if you want to be good at the open, you just need to do the open. Like we've It was one year. I think I can think of one workout over on top of my head that we snatched over 200 pounds. And that's only if you got there. Right? It, there was that snatch ladder of mm-hmm. 75, 135, 165, then 210 AMRAP. <clears throat> and uh, you just have to do CrossFit from 7 to 20 minutes. And it, that's all you have to do. Yeah, sure, you can add in back squats and all that sort of stuff. But if you want to be good at the open, do pull-ups, snatch a 75-pound barbell, do EMOMs with open standard Have movements. some gymnastics qualities yeah. to you. Yeah, handstand push-ups. And, and like that 315 barbell this year, we saw it wasn't like a breaking factor. Mm-hmm. What was the breaking factor this year was the clean, right? But if, if you're lifting heavy properly with doing competitive CrossFit programming with high intensity... Not that like place of like operating in zone one, zone two. No, that doesn't work in CrossFit. Like Rich Froning <laughs> does. Yeah, Rich Froning does CrossFit. Absolutely. And Matt Frazier does CrossFit until he's blue in the face. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how you be good at the open. That's right. I like how simple you keep things, man. It's pretty awesome. And it just simplifies things for people that, you know, we're, we're seeing this shift and you're seeing some people like literally not going to school anymore, going home, getting homeschooled and making this like a professional sport of their own and making it maybe more than it should. And I like when somebody like this can step on and say, just do CrossFit. Yeah, even the, the bigger guys of any sport say the same damn thing. Back to fundamentals, right? That's I mean, LeBron James, everybody says that kind of thing. You can do the same thing in the sport of CrossFit. Don't back, specialize. Yeah, go back to your air squad. Go back to kind of your fundamentals, and there's a whole other rabbit hole we can go down that too. But yeah, I think absolutely. I think we could wrap that that part up. It's just keep it simple, stay with your fundamentals, and just continue to do CrossFit. And if you want to be good at the open, do a lot of open-style workouts. Just do the opens. How many are there? Eight times five now? Five now. 40 yeah. workouts. You, you could literally do the open all year long at this point. Just rotate them. Yeah, take 12 weeks off. Yeah, you take 12 weeks off, and you're back in training for the open. So that kind of gets into the next question a little bit, and it might be the same sort of answer, Addison, but you're really known for kind of the engine in CrossFit and kind of being able to go long distances, um, lightweight, that type of stuff. What um, advice would you have for somebody who's like, man, I'm strong, I just got out of, I don't know, playing college football or something, and I need to get better at my engine. What are some kind of protocols that you would give that person without really knowing them too much? Oh, you just you just have to learn to be uncomfortable. You got to jump in the ice bath, man. 32-degree water, that'll change a 210-degree sauna fire ice that sort of work you have to be uncomfortable like like i joke about it all the time when i'm training with you man you, you know you say i want to go i want to get a better engine just go run buck hill like for an hour and a half and then tell me how you feel like that's how you build capacity that's how you build an engine miko Salo. and then ooh, we, we got mic down we got dude i don't know if that's a bomb that we got mic down dj's dropping things oh man <laughs> i mean you took that mic <laughs> you just fired that fucker across the room <laughs> okay go ahead Miko, say uh, that, that brings me back to what happened in nashville uh, I don't, no, no, we can't no, talk no. about that. Sorry, no, that's good there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, anyways, uh, Miko Salo and then um, Samantha Briggs. Those guys just go long, and that's what you got to do if you want to build an engine. You have to learn how to suffer. Absolutely, whether you're going to split board the mountains, whether you're going to hike the big country, big game hunting, whatever it is, like that stuff is long, and that's what humans are meant to do. Mm-hmm. Like we were, we are the only creatures that can run and breathe out of rhythm. If you watch a cheetah run, from my understanding is that they breathe with rhythm of their feet. So when they open, they inhale, and they exhale mm. as they close their feet. That's cool. And if you want to know more about that, go, um, go read Born to Run. Okay. Right. And uh, yeah, we don't. I don't know much about science. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, Kelly Starrett. Because this is like, why don't we check that? Make sure we check. Kelly that Starrett. It's Born to Run, right? No, or, Born to Run or is Chris McDougal. Oh, right. That's about the Terrahumara down in Mexico. Chris Starrett did have a running book, though. No, it's Supple like, Leopard is what he had. No, but he like, came with another one. He too, had about, something about else running. about running. Yeah, oh, yeah. Power, Speed, Endurance. Yeah, something like that. Him yeah. and Bima made that. Really? But uh, yeah. So what I took away from that book is was that humans can breathe and run out of rhythm of their feet that's interesting. and cadence. So what does that mean? Is that we were literally born to run. Mm. And that's why traditional hunting was to chase the animals until they Not collapsed. set up in a deer, deer stand? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah like 300-yard <laughs> rifle shots. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I'm a hunter. <laughs> the running kind of brings yeah. us into the next little bit here. And so you're getting ready for a 50K. 
Yeah, man. On Sunday. Friday. Sunday. 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 Okay. And um, man, that's insane. Tell uh, the listeners about that. What's that like? And what, I mean, are you doing the same training that you would for the CrossFit Open? Or what does that, what does that kind of look like leading into something that has so much volume? Um, It's 50K. Like, it's not that far. Move. Yeah, literally just move. Like, you could, I no joke, we could leave right now. And I feel very confident all four of us could finish a 50K today. Now, would that be Sweet. in the time cap? Like, I don't know, but <laughs> there's a time cap. But you just have to move. The cool thing about ultra running, and, and I've never done one, but it's it's not like a marathon. We're Again, we're meant to run on the trails. We're meant to be in the woods. And uh, you got you got to take embrace that. 50 kilometers <laughs> was just me thinking reasonably. You know me well enough that I'm kind of like all in and all out. I was like, I'm just going to go for 100 mile, like not 32 miles or 31 miles. Um, I want to do a hundred miler. And then my little brother, Tristan, he, um, he tags along for most of my journeys, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think you probably know Tristan. I'm not sure if you know, you know uh, Tristan. He's been down here, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah we worked out here oh, about yeah. this time last year. Um, but, uh, um, 50 K man. Yeah. It's just about that journey. And I just want to, I want to know what it's about. And I figured that before I get into hundred miles or something like that, if that's where I want to travel, um, that I should probably start with 50 K because, that's that's about the spiritual journey, right? And not just like back squatting 400 pounds, right. 500, whatever yeah. you want to do. So tell us about the, the 50K. Where do you start? Where do you finish? Like, is there, like, I don't know nothing about that. How long is it supposed to take? What, mm-hmm. what, tell us a little bit about more of the logistical side of it. Yeah, same. That's all I know. Oh, you don't know anything? No. I, I literally know that it's in it's by um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. And uh, what happened was um, I, uh, I was supposed to run one on the te- uh, 20th of October, in right here, mm-hmm. literally right here. What's the, what's the town right here? Like not not like Apple Valley. No, no, Wilmington. Savage. Savage? Okay. Yeah, in Savage. And uh, sorry, <laughs> we were gonna get there. <laughs> we're gonna do a round robin on the Twin Cities. <laughs> Maple Grove. It must be a Dinah, Edina. Don't, don't people call it a Dina? Yeah, Edina. all of it. And um, but uh, we're supposed to do that. Um, I had to head out to Mountain Bike Nationals. Collegiate Mountain Bike Nationals with the team from Minnesota. And uh, so we had to postpone that. Tristan found one in Milwaukee, and we wanted to do it. What does my training look like? It doesn't look like anything. Like I'm just, I'm just going for it, man. Mm-hmm. I've done a fair amount of running, but uh, I also made sure that <clears throat> I'm still fit. And uh, I didn't want to fall down the rabbit hole of being hunt, you know, being able to run only 100 miles. Like last week, maxed out my clean, and I hit 93% of my best ever. Awesome. And that's my goal. Like you see this tier of like people being too skinny or you see on the right. other end of the spectrum being too huge. Like, look, why not be in the middle and live a healthy life yeah, and know sure. that I can still run a 50K? Now, if you get into the 100 and 200 milers, I might have to take it a little more a little serious. Sure. Um, what's the time frame though? Everyone is different. A marathon is meant to be fast. Like those guys are, they're, they're chasing the yeah. two hour marathon, right? Mm-hmm. What's his, uh, I don't, the Nike athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Incredible documentary. 26 seconds. Yeah. I watched that live. Oh, you did? I, I stayed up till four in the morning watching that thing because oh, that was, was so awesome. badass, dude. And he missed it by one second a mile. I know. Crazy. Gosh. Like, if you have, one if you guys number. Haven't seen, have you seen that? No, I haven't. Okay. I, I'm interested. Anybody no. that hasn't seen this, go on Netflix and watch um, the Nike, I don't even know what they're Breaking called. 2. Breaking 2? Okay. Watch Breaking 2. It is so 
freaking cool. And it's these guys that are basically trying to break two hours on the marathon. So they have this whole Nike crew. They train with them for like six months or so. They hook them up with all the Nike gear and then they bring them out to a racetrack, right? And they have a, a car that's like the, what do you call it? Like pacer. The pacer. The pacer. Yeah. 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 And it's literally a car driving pretty fast and the guys just stand right 13 behind. miles an hour you put it on cruise if you take 26 it looks fast out there man holy like, shit that is fast it I is. Put 45s on that dude all right <laughs> listeners set your cruise control for 13 points <laughs> try it try it put your cruise control at 13 miles an hour <laughs> and then put one of those you know those like steering wheel locks mm-hmm. where you can't turn the wheel put one of those in there and then run next to it this is a disclaimer do not do it's, that and so this guy is running but right? if you want to do it. And, and every so often he's got a new crew that runs in next to him and just keeps his pace keeps his pace and he just stand he just oh, runs right oh. behind his car formula one track it's so insane. It's I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you guys haven't watched see, it, yeah, it's I'll so freaking it. cool. And then he ends up uh, coming up short uh, just a little bit. And 20, so, 26 seconds. He's got the cruise control wrong. And the part that was crazy to me was he finishes across the finish line, and like you would think he'd be like in this like <laughs> pain and agony, and he'd fall over and be like, oh my God, F this, this hurts. He's just. Chilling. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah that was chilling. crazy. I was, it was 4 30 in the morning when that, mm-hmm. when that finished. And um, because of the time differences in Italy. I believe right mm-hmm. really and um yeah it's so cool but um the anyways the marathon is meant to be fast right we're not meant to be right on the road um it changes your stride it changes everything um where you're striking your foot and all that sort of stuff we're meant to move with agility and stability over uneven terrains and that's what appealed me to the ultra also that there's a lot of people that run half marathons and marathons and I was like, ah. You want to be different? Wanna, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Some, <laughs> That's weak sauce. Like <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we should do another podcast on Monday. Yeah, we should. Um, but uh, so it's 50K and uh, it, it, everyone's different because this one's in Milwaukee. So I don't know. I think it's around 1,500 feet a lap. We have three laps plus a small one. But what's actually embarrassing is that this is the shortest race of the weekend. Oh, my gosh. So... On Friday, they started 200 miler that seven people in the last five years have finished. And that's like 16 laps. I don't want to go by anything 16 times. No. And um, so 200 miler starts on Friday. A hundred miler starts on Saturday. And then a hundred K starts on Saturday evening or something as well, I believe. And then we're doing the 50 K. So moderation on that one. That's insane. Um, so, so some of these people, you know, that might be listening, man, I want to try some of this long distance stuff. And you might kind of laugh at this question a little bit, but it's, it, it is an honest question that some people may have. But when you're going long and, and you're kind of by yourself and in your thoughts, what are some things maybe you think about, Addison, or maybe some things other people can start to think about during this time and so they don't get bored and they're like, man, F this, I don't want to do this anymore. What are some kind of ideas that go through your head to keep you going these long distances? Oh, you want to quit the whole time. Literally, like. I mean, yeah. you've got the military background, right? Like, you, yeah, right. A lot of road marches with yeah. heavy packs for lots of miles. Yeah. You play games in your head. I just had, you know what? My thing is like I had to look forward to something. Mm-hmm. I had to like put that in my mind. Yeah, the finish line. Exactly. Just, or actually something in my future. Right. Like what is this doing for me? I've got to mm-hmm. get there. i got to cross this hurdle first to get this next thing. And I had to just have that as my candy. Yeah, for sure. Um, all those things that what appeals to me the most is that are the can openers, right? Like what's going to crack your head open, not physically, but what's really going to break you and where, where can I go? Like, I wish I knew the guy's name. I'm sure we can scroll the gram real quick and I can find it pretty quick. But, um, he, for, to create awareness for PTSD, as you might actually know about this, 
is um these three athletes lock themselves in a, a shipping container. Oh, I heard about this recently. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I did for hear about twenty four hours. Yeah. Started at two p.m. in the afternoon, <laughs> and I think the mountains somewhere. I think they're at elevation. Um, and their goal was to run as far as they can with no sense of anything. They can't see. They can't. Well, they could feel. So twenty four hours in the can, smell. and then they let them in out. The shipping container. Yeah, total blackout. And the guy ran for twenty three hours and twenty minutes. So they're on so the tra- yeah. So he was like on a, a he was on a, a, a air true farmer yeah. Yeah, yeah something like that. Oh, Roger that in a fucking little yeah. box, not knowing black dark. Yeah, hold on. here I'll, I'll, I'll read. I think it's that Tosh guy that does the. Uh, it is Tosh. Yeah, it's, uh, Cro- Tosh Cricket. Yeah, what keeps you going? Like Just trying to find what breaks you is I think what the goal was. Oh shit! I can be broke. I've yeah. gotten soft since His I got out of the military. Is, uh, uh, Tosh Cricket Butterfly. Yeah, look this guy up, man. This is Moon crazy. Warriors, Canada, yeah. Imagine you you enter a shipping container, black, dark, isolated. Then they lock the door behind you for 24 hours. You run as hard as you can, as fast as you can, with no measure of time or distance. This is a challenge. Tosh Cricket Butterfly and three others took on the whiteboard project at the Spartan World Cup. I would assume. A hashtag oh. Spartan WC 2018 to raise funds and awareness for mental illness and especially PTSD. That's cool. Like, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you're a madman. You would do that. Well, we'll see. You want to do it? I would but, do this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I think it'd be so cool. Is, is it okay if I walk? <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, he had to. He, he went 86 miles. Uh, oh, fuck. He's walking. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But he, I mean, you'd have to, right? Mm-hmm. He went, his, his end result was 86. Hold on. Sorry, I've guys. heard guys just count when 80, they get in these um, things. Yeah, yeah. 80.5 miles while remaining to move for 23 hours and 20 minutes of the 24 in a sensory-deprived environment. Did you just piss yourself or what? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, imagine walking on those things. And those things are goofy. We ran on them at regionals. That was the first time I ever ran one. Mm-hmm. Second. Um, and uh, they're pretty trippy. <laughs> so it'd be pretty cool. But it sounds cool. Like, I like that stuff. So. Yeah. And so what does break you? What breaks me? Yeah, man. Um, I don't. I get really embarrassed when I quit. That's what breaks me. Like, so the f- that's what keeps me. Is going. that a fear or is that like a? No, I just don't like to quit. Like, I I own farmhouse, right? Yeah, like, and it is like, it is an internal battle of like, not so much of saying like what others think of me, but what role I can play in their life, like. I asked a friend the other day, I was like, what do you want to do? What do you want to leave with? Right? Like at the end of it all, I don't want to leave with a 500 pound back squat. Well, that'd be cool. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Sure. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. But, um, but like, I want to leave a, I want to leave a legacy of like, you, you made a difference in somebody else's life. And that's what pushes me. And what breaks me is that, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out on Sunday. Right, like, Dude, like still searching for what breaks you. Yeah, man. No, maybe not. No, for sure, there's things that break me regularly, right? But it's what you learn is to overcome those, right? Like running a business, right? Like one of these things you sent over to me was like, um, what it says something about what's I don't know. I wrote down balance on how to what kind of services. Sorry, guys. No what worries. Like. Have you, What's the biggest challenge about being a gym owner was the question. Yep. And that's balance. That's what breaks me the most is like, where do, where do I keep balance in my life, right? Like running the 50K or, or competing in regionals or 
um, spending time with my friends is equally as important as making sure I bring the best product and what I believe is some of the best programming in the world to the community. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of things that break in that. Like that's what that's that, that stuff is hard. Owning a gym is hard. Absolutely, and that that kind of segues us to the next point here that I want to talk about is is coaching. So we're all coaches. Hopefully, we have a bunch mm-hmm. of we don't know how many listeners we have exactly, but hopefully, we have. You a know lot of what? Coaches. I I did check on this. We have. Uh, I think 12? it's no, it's it's a fifteen k right now. We okay, did, good, yeah, good. they just yeah. signed up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and then it'll go viral after Addison's on. So we'll double fifteen thousand listeners yeah. easily. <laughs> we'll double next week too, so we're good. But for the coaches that could be listening out there, let's get into coaching. Let's talk about this. So I've been. I've gotten the chance to watch you coach a couple times just being at the gym early and you have a unique style that's just it's awesome man I love watching you coach you're passionate about it uh, you do a lot of one-on-one stuff and obviously group training stuff but what are some things that you would tell some other coaches um, advice you would give or just tell us a bit about coaching yeah it goes back to uh, making sure that you leave a difference right like those people trust you whether you're manager owner coach um, intern, whatever it is, those people came to you for that day. And if you don't give them what you believe is the best ability of yourself right there, um, every time you open your mouth, like, you check yourself, right? Like, those people trust you big time. That's bomb, like, man. That's bomb. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm dead serious. Is that like, What's my style of coaching is that it's all about building a relationship and nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Like, we know this. I'm talking to, I'm looking right at I used to struggle with that too. I thought I needed to get 20 more certifications. It's not that, right? It's, that'll help you become a more knowledgeable person. But um, people want to trust you and you have to build that trust and that's where, I believe that I've found success is that I can, I have the ability to know and sell. I don't, I don't like that word because I'm not a sales, I'm a terrible salesperson. Um, but, uh, is sell my product and that I love. Like if you told me to sell a used car, I'd be like, do you want to buy this? And I'd be like, no, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But because I don't believe in it. But, um, if you want me to sell my black Silverado, I could probably sell it to you a little bit quicker, right? Because I believe in that. And that's what I also believe in coaching is that I believe that the kettlebell is the best tool on the planet if that's all you can get, right? Don't – a treadmill? Oh, gosh, we all wish we could have – you just sold a bunch of people right now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, farmhouse kettlebells. <laughs> you start selling it. <laughs> so what? So what's your favorite part about coaching, Edison? Uh, building a relationship mm-hmm. with others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like those people leave. And I. that's where like we talk about breaking is that I want like, how are you today? The worst answer that anybody can give me is fine. Yeah, I'm fine, but I hate that. Like, how are you today, Chris? Fine. Why are you fine, man? Like, and, and you might be fine and that might be an honest answer. So I can't say I hate that. But if you're really fine, I want to crack the can and be like, why are you just fine? And, and then let's take three more things and be like, well, what's good about your day? How'd you get here? Well, I drove a brand new car. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, you know, and like I got some hot coffee. And, and by routinely doing that to somebody or yourself, you become resilient or whatever it may be. So helping somebody better their day is absolutely that's awesome, man. That's, that's another oh, one. We got, this, is, this might be a record. <laughs> My fucking nuclear war over here. <laughs> so, Addison, you work with um, people one-on-one as well, mm-hmm. correct? 
Yeah, yeah, I, yes. Yeah, well, talk to us a little bit about like how's that different from uh, coaching a class, and maybe mm-hmm. would you have different advice for somebody that's doing the one-on-one stuff than the than the group stuff? Or talk to us a little bit about that part of your business. Yeah, one-on-one is is again about building that relationship and trust. And um, I have some clients that I've worked with uh, for four years, almost every day. And uh, the clients that I see once a month, there's clients that I see once. You know, like some people work one on one and they just can't afford it. But um, what's one on one? Is you, <clears throat> you have to approach the coach and say, "This is what I want." And I believe that you have to have time to invest because one on one coaching, if you can do it for three hours, is you really have to come with specific goals. Be like, "Hey DJ, I need you to help me with my muscle ups," or I need. I need three hours of, um, can we sit down and just talk about my running plan? Or I, w- I need three hours of mountain bike coaching, whatever it may be. You're saying be. that you need the client to come to you with a goal in mind. Yeah, because yeah. it's really tough to sell people one-on-one, man. Like, it's expensive, but it's an investment, and, it, and it's awesome, you know? And I believe that that's the answer. But I also believe that I think I got in, I think I, we got in a conversation with this, with Kyle Spears and somebody else, that, um, Group fitness works. And if you can find a way to balance the two, that's the that's probably the perfect answer. Absolutely. It's like you're getting direct programming from an individual trainer, but then you're having friends. And again, we go back to 2018 season. Um, like why I was successful is that I was working out with you guys, you know? And that's what that effective hour and a half was. Um, versus group classes, well, programming one-on-one is going to be specifically tailored to what you need. And if anybody listening to this is getting something other than that, then you need a new trainer, right? Absolutely. Like, um, and then GPP classes, whether that's CrossFit kettlebells or um, heavy sand, heavy um, strongman stuff or mm-hmm. whatever you're doing running, um, is tailored to the masses. Right. And that's programming that's going to be more, you know, suitable for everybody but scalable for anybody sure i think something that uh, i want to just piggyback on there is so that you want the clients to come to you with a goal in mind and um yeah. that that helps right kind of create a little bit of direction what happens if they come to you and they're like man addison i want to train with you i don't really know what i want what are some things and tactics you use as a coach to maybe get them to find a goal or kind of create some sort of a plan yeah i mean that's when you that's when you um start asking questions right like they they came. They already had a goal. They already know. It. They might be too shy to say anything. Okay. There's no way that no that anybody calls you and says, "I need one on one training." Okay. Do you know what you want to do? Yeah, I want to train with you. There's their goal. And then from there, you just say, well, "What do you, What do you want to do tomorrow?" And you and it it might be a three month journey to figure out what they want to do. If they just want to be fit, then that's what they want to do. That's their goal, and you have to recognize that. And then that's when you start up setting up programmings. But most of the time, it, it is that they just want to be fit, you know, I, or they have a limited schedule and they can't make classes and they're in a place that they can do that. Sure. That's awesome, so. man. I know Chris has got some questions that he wanted to specifically ask you here, so I'll let him kind of take over on a couple of things he oh, wanted. This is, yeah, this is good. So if you could train one person. Or up here. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, I, I can't see that. You got yours right here. Oh, yeah. Pro- Okay. Yeah. So the breathing. That's stuff. because DJ's got this it, yeah, size six font over here, man. Hey, good eyes. See, I'm ten feet away from the computer, and he's got it on two font. I think you could probably read my papers over here better, right? All right. Probably. Yeah. All right. So e. some of the uh, breathing protocols that you've been posting. Mm-hmm. 
tell us about that a little bit. Upregulation, downregulation. Love and to hear it, man. Yeah. Um, that's just bringing you to a parasympathetic or sympathetic state. Awake first, well, awake first sleeping, right? That's the most basic one. When you're sleeping, you're relaxed. Mm-hmm. And um, you can use that every day. Like I encourage you guys many times today, if you've pre-class or post-class, whatever, just do a simple three-six. Inhale for three seconds, exhale for six. If you can do that, you guys will post, both probably be fine with it. Um, go four eight, five ten, and uh, don't do it while you're driving. That's that's a safety disclaimer. Do not <laughs> breathe. Well, breathe while you're driving. And but is this do something you guys do? Do you guys do it? This at Farmers? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do it through um, warming up sometimes, upregulation. So that'd be super ventilating or hyperventilating. That's where you're going to reach quick breaths to keep it simple and not get into a breathing podcast. But um. Next, no, but this is valuable. I mean, absolutely. so valuable for people, and yeah, I think absolutely. this is where training is going mm-hmm. largely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're seeing a lot more nasal breathing and all that sort of. Right um, through the nasal passage, you get more oxygen. So absorbed. the next question here is: Yeah, you recently hung out with Lard Hamilton. Yeah, Laird. Yeah, he's a cool, dude. Like, what's um, going down with this guy? Yeah, Laird. Um, if you gotta those, tell yeah. the folks who he is. Yeah, if you don't know who Laird Hamilton is, jump on the old gram and, and search Laird Hamilton. You'll probably pop right up. But uh, Laird Hamilton is a big wave pioneer surfer, and um, he he surfed 100-foot waves and all that sort of stuff. He's also an explorer. And uh, what's cool about Laird is like that's where I relate to him. That's a He's a badass dude. Like, that dude is pretty cool, man. And, um, again, early in the podcast, we talked about who do you look up to, and Laird's for sure one of those guys that's a pioneer, right? He's kind of an old fart, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go tell him that. <laughs> and, uh, no thanks. Yeah, and uh, he's married to Gabby Reese. Um, I'm a coach for XPT, uh, which is a company that they founded with like Brian McKenzie and Wim Hof and all those guys, Kelly Starrett, um, a few years ago. And then uh, some investors came in and bought the company, and brought it to a bigger scale, and uh, now they're now they're doing their thing, and. Um, they've brought it to the masses kind of in a way that like CrossFit has. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, uh, it's become a coaching, you can get a coaching certification and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it was, I was down at Laird's house. Um, well before the, when was that? Was that during the open? Was that when you had to fly out for? No, that was, that was a coaching okay. thing. Um, so no, that would have been like the summer yeah. after regionals, I yeah. think. But, um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, so it was cool. I sat in the sauna, talked about surfing with him, and uh, swam in the pool with yeah, a whole I would bunch of people. And soak that up and pick his brain, you know. Yeah, it's one of those things. That, and I'm not somebody like pick brains. I just want to hear. I just want to talk. Like, yeah, chill. Huh? I'd rather go hang and have coffee and just listen to stories and see what I can take from somebody like that. Right? Absolutely. Like he's the one that invented so many things and brought so many things to the surfing world. And pe- I don't know. People have their opinions about him. And yeah. Well, no, but he's a cool dude, and just to hear him. We're sitting. We're literally baking in a um, sauna at 240 degrees, and uh, it's stuff like that 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 gets me going, right? And then we jump out, and then we go sit in the ice bath, not together, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, for three minutes, right, Visual. up to the neck, yeah, right, <laughs> and then um, all that sort of stuff, and go back and forth for a long time. For a few hours, we were in there. And then uh, all the pool workouts and all that sort of stuff. So that's awesome. Um, man. So what did you take away from from him, and what kind of things did you learn? Ooh, what did I learn from him is that you just he, he, I believe for the time that I've spent with him is he's somebody that did exactly what he wanted to do and listened to nobody. Like he did exactly what he wants, 
Gabby did exactly what they want, and they're good people. Like Gabby's so cool. I remember I was doing a um, swim, an ammo box carry across the pool at their house, and uh, I had a 25 pound dumbbell on my chest, and uh, I had to get over and back without breathing, and uh, I failed the first time, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Gabby's an Olympian, and Laird's Laird, right? And um. And uh, she looked at me in the, in the eyes, like deep into my soul, and was like, you can do this. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I can do this. And I did it. I, t- I took a breath on the other side and came back. And um, the ammo box carry is super cool. And then you get into all this sort of like underwater walking and, um, you know, reptile crawls. And there's a big list that we can go down and yeah. talk about that but it's all pool training and it's nothing new to me it's something that i did um in 2013 mm-hmm. pretty extensively i spent a lot of time in the pool because i found out what breathing did to me and uh the the silence right like sitting underwater there's nothing that matters mm-hmm. other than surviving and that's what's so cool about it is that it it it's a limiting factor right the mountains always win the wave will win and uh, that's what's so cool about the water. And when you can bottle that up and now bring it to somebody that, you know, I work with clients on it and uh, get kicked out of pools all the time. But, um, <laughs> you can't yeah, do that here. Yeah, most, but yeah, my fight doesn't have pools. No, not yet. And, uh, <laughs> In no, the back, it's a kiddie pool. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, but seriously, yeah, most places aren't cool with it. Um, bringing dumbbells in there. But, uh, there, there's just a whole list in it and it teaches like it's like yoga man I don't, I'm not a big yoga person I do have a time and a place for it but uh, it's just about learning silence and what it can do for you and that's kind of what the breathing does and um, figuring out what's next for you and whatnot. that's awesome man I like it I think we're uh, coming up on time here so I just want to make sure that we're respecting your time so we're going to get into Chris's do final the final three Chris's final three questions right, I, um, I kind of started with this yeah you kind of did a little bit but we asked uh, or we asked these every every episode Addison so mm-hmm. uh, Chris's final three go ahead alright so if you could train anybody in the world it's got to be alive who would it be uh, anybody that's willing to learn doesn't matter I, I don't nice. care um, whether I've had the opportunity to work with people that got drafted to the NFL to uh, grandma and grandpas moms and dads and I will work with anybody that is open and willing to learn and if you're like looking for a celebrity answer um man i don't know there's a lot of people that i really look up to you know jeremy jones Larry hamilton um all those kind of guys that that are pioneers that's cool um in in their own industry for sure yeah man what do you got for number two chris number two is uh let's see if you could give any piece of advice to an 18 year old kid who wants to you know be in your position someday what would you say uh, do do what you want, right? Stay educated, um, and uh, but if you really believe in something, do it and go all in with it. Don't just yeah. Don't cause harm to anybody else or yourself, and truly believe that you're going to come out with the exact answer that you're looking for, and it will work. Absolutely. All right. The next one's like, so at the end of the day, you know, you have to say to yourself, okay how did I win today or in your mind? Like, so what do you do to win your day? Yeah. Uh, I get up and take a cold shower every morning. That's five in the morning. Ooh, how long? 
uh, just a few seconds. I set my alarm clock <laughs> to it. It's actually not because it's cold. It's because I, let, I just want to sleep for two more minutes. That that my alarm clock set for five oh nine, right? If I got up at five oh five, I could enjoy the cold shower a little bit more. But it it has everything to do with me just getting in there real quick and getting out and getting on with my day, um, because I coach at six a.m. every day. Uh, but and then making sure that I ask like not necessarily just clients like when you're at the coffee shop today or later today or wherever it may be is literally ask how that person's day is don't just be like how are you oh good cool yeah yeah like we give that bullshit answer all the time how are you good no like if you're fine say fine if you're not good you're not good like it's okay to be that way but accept it and you know that it will be okay and um ask that person at the coffee shop and like look them and say how are you today and make sure they give you an honest answer because you can crack somebody pretty quick i'm good are you oh yeah what's so good about today and and that's something that i take a lot of pride in is that whether i'm at at the grocery store, coaching here, you know, whatever it may be, is that 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 I like to know about people's day. I think and that's say, what people like about you is they know you're authentic like that. Yeah, you're you know real. What I mean, yeah, that's and what it, I always take when absolutely. I have my little experiences with you. Yeah, I appreciate so. that. That's that's cool, and that's like I mean, it's it's uh got its ups and downs, right? Sometimes we throw a tantrum, and sometimes we give somebody a hug, but um, it's it's really just about like is is asking somebody if they're okay or or giving somebody your true honest self. That's awesome, man. Um, That was a great podcast. I really appreciate Addison, you coming down here. If um, anybody wants to reach out to you, pick your brain, train with you, uh, get involved in cross in, in uh, farmhouse, what, uh, what would that look like? How would they get a hold of you? Oh, they can just get a hold of you, DJ and uh, send me your manager. (laughs) (laughs) Your agent. (laughs) Just come on. I'm just kidding. Guys. Uh, Addison.bain is my Instagram. Um, I'm not super active on Instagram. But uh, I will post every once in a while. And uh, feel free to shoot me a message. Pretty responsive on that. Email me through the farmhousecrossfit.com. Or um, honestly, I know you two coach and uh, whatnot. You guys can get my contact information from there. Or my just search. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, my, right. my, uh, my, my phone number is literally plastered on the side of the board. Okay. Or the side of the building at Farmhouse. So. Perfect. Um, <laughs> it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. Very cool. But if the cops are looking... Don't don't say anything. No, no, you don't know where Addison is. Uh, well, that was fun, man. Awesome to have a good friend of mine come down and, and get on the podcast, guys. If you are interested in getting programming from Chris and I, or you want to hear more about a specific topic, DM the Instagram uh, My Fit Podcast. Uh, that's episode seven. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Friday, and we will see you guys in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>